How's everyone doing? You're listening to MMA Gone Wild. This is Brent Sahadi, your host. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at MMA Gone Wild. You could also follow my personal account, which is in the bio of my MMA Gone Wild Twitter account. Uh, make sure to check out my website. I have a lot of cool promotions going on, like good deals on ESPN Plus subscriptions, uh, CBD deals. Just check it out. Betting websites. I got you guys hooked up. I'm super excited about my guest today. I have undefeated light heavyweight. He's a beast. Jamal Hill. He's going to be on the podcast. He's going to call me up pretty soon. Uh, you know, we're just going to dig in deep. We're going to talk a little bit coronavirus. But, you know, this podcast is really to just help everyone, including myself and Jamal, get our heads out of this quarantine. Remember what life was like before this beast hit us. Let's get into it, man. Hello. Jamal, what's up, man? My name's Brent Sahadi. I run the MMA Gone Wild Twitter account, and I do this podcast for myself, man. Thanks so much for making the time today. Hey, no problem, bro. So what's happening with you right now? I mean, like, obviously there's an elephant in the room, this whole coronavirus thing that's going on. Like, what's... How's it affecting you? I mean, it's affecting me the same way it's affecting everything, everybody else, you know? So, um, hold up on, on uh everything on life pretty much you know trying to stay out trying to stay away from people the gym's pretty much shut down you gotta do your own personal workouts you know uh, <clears throat> money's not being made same for everybody so where are you at right now are you in michigan yeah yeah i'm at home so what are you doing to keep your mind sharp it's workouts you know anything uh same thing regular things you know just some shadow boxing i went and hung the bag in the basement yeah So are you able to at least be with, like, family? You have, like, a girlfriend or anything? Boyfriend? <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> nah. Nah, I don't know. No girlfriend or no boyfriend. I got my kids, though, so. Oh, nice. Much, okay, I'm dope. I'm down my kids, you know? I got, I, got, I got more than enough of those, so. And how are they doing? How old are they? Good. They're good. They're just hanging out. My oldest is 13. You're 28, right? Yep. So you got to work early. Yeah, I had my first kid when I was 15. Wow. What was that like? It was like having a, it was like having a kid at 15. Shit, I had to go to school, do sports and everything, and then come home and get my daughter. Like, what goes through your head exactly when, you, when you're looking for those moments where you need to dig deep? What helps you push past that? I mean, honestly, like, for me, like, uh, in the fight, like, as far as fight goes, like, Digging deep, like I didn't really have to dig, dig deep for nothing, for real. I just was mad that he didn't go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just keeping it. it was just, yeah, at that point, that was just me keeping. You know what I mean? Just, I was keeping, keeping the pace. Mm-hmm. Just keeping pace, keeping emotions. You know what I mean? Keeping working, keeping busy. Yeah, I just know that you were you were pretty frustrated after the last win that you had because you hate when your fights go to the judges. You have a lot of finishes. And yeah, you just hated that like the that. fact that the judges had to to choose the winner that time, even though you decisively won that fight. Still, I, I yeah, remember I mean, some frustration. Yeah, yeah, but still, I don't know. It's just, it just didn't sit right with me, you know. And then a lot of things like 
it's crazy to me like now like I'd be announced fighter and then like people seeing me fighting then like the different critique critiques and how people saw my fight and see how I fight. It's funny. That's funny and it's interesting. Just for the simple fact that people really don't understand what they watching. But so I get it though. Oh, that shouldn't be a shocker to you though. I mean considering how yeah, many it's funny. Yeah, it's not just the judges though, it's just, like people that actually watch the fights like like I read the I like I like certain reviews. Like I read the review almost. I think it was MMA Junkie. He mm-hmm. they gave me like a uh, it was like a negative a C minus or something like that. Which honestly, that's a, performance wise, that's how I would rate myself. Probably you know what I mean. But for to them, for them, based off of what, based off of how I judge myself, based off how they judge me, it's not the same. Right. You know what I'm saying? I hold myself to a certain standard, to a higher standard. You know what I mean? And my standard is higher than their standard. And I guarantee you, and the, for their standard, for them to rate me yeah, like a C minus on their standard, it's funny to me because they don't even understand what they're watching. I mean, to a certain extent, no one's going to know, unless they're in there, they're never going to yeah. know what that's like. And it's just yeah. kind of part of the game that you have to deal with. It sucks, but I can promise you this. There's, I promise you this, though. Like, we're not. Like, the fans, we're not going to sites like MMA Junkie and seeing that they gave you a C and we're like, oh, okay, yeah, (laughs) Jamal's a C. No, 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 that's not how it works. Like, they might have their opinion and people will come across it, but there's always room for disagreement. Yeah, no, it was just funny to me. It was just funny to me just, like, how from how how, how I'm perceived by the people that actually know me, that train with me and actually guide me and seeing, like, all the all the intangibles and everything and the things that I'm really capable of and stuff and then just to hear from other hear other people speak on my potential is just funny. Yeah. No, it don't bother me. I'm, I'm not shaking. Like, I really don't. I really could give two fucks. Like, it, it takes nothing for me to just flip a switch and like, well, I don't, I, I'm be done with the situation. Like, I don't care about what you're talking about. And it would literally mean nothing to my life. Right. It's. I mean, it's beautiful that you got thick skin like that because there's a lot of people that don't and there's a lot of people that listen to the uh, the critics. So I'm proud of you. Yeah, on you that. have to like. Yeah, it's like that's like because like a lot of it came from like I mean like you study anything that you get ready to do. Like I studied I studied mixed martial arts and stuff like that. Like just just the business and stuff aspect of it too. Before I got in, like, yeah, man. People be getting. It's weird to me, like, a lot of fighters mad about some of the weirdest shit. They do, it's like, they search for ways to make a fight personal. I don't have to make a fight personal to fuck you up. Right, and you know, I noticed that you're more of, like, a a very strategic, sharp fighter. You don't get into brawls, really. You pick and choose your shots carefully. Right. I ain't gonna lie, though, I almost did. Taco almost got me. He almost got me. That one, whenever he, uh, whenever, whenever I went to the body and he countered with that hook... I almost, I almost was like, all right, bitch, what's <laughs> <What's> bang? <laughs> for real, I almost did. Nah, I don't. So, I don't take the bait for the most part. But so, what yeah, helps you stay do. disciplined like that and keep your composure? Common sense, I guess. Just knowing the fact that that's not the way you're supposed to do shit. That's not the way I was taught. So your team has a big part of. Of course, my coaches play a huge part in everything and the way I've developed. As a fighter and shit, and even as a person, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I came in, like, I got with them when I was 18. Oh, so you, I was still you got some, like, 10 years you know, together, I, yeah. Yeah, you know, I was a kid. You know, I was just coming into my, you know what I mean, just coming into, you know what I mean, the world, like, as, as a real, as, like, I mean, the real picture of, you know, moving out, being on, having my own, having my own spot, and then things like that, and then understanding what the world is and what it has to offer and stuff like that. What was it like going 
to making that advance to the contender series from where you were at before? Man, I don't know. It just kind of happened. Like, like I was like, it was just like you've been waiting for it for so long and everything like that. And then whenever it just came, I was like, all right, it's here now. Just be ready for it. Be ready to do your thing. Show everybody what you can do. I always said, like, I don't need to change anything. I just need to. Um, I just need to get in front of people. People just need to see me. Once people start to see me, they'll see. You know, what I mean, I, I sell myself. We got a saying. We got a saying in the hood. It's called "Good, good dope sell itself." Dope, you gonna sell yourself. The big TV audience. Did that affect you at all? Mm-hmm. Not really, because like, um, like yeah, the fights and everything. The show was actually shot live, but like we were already doing like the interviews and stuff had already been done. You know, so we already had a way. Like these pictures, like they they bring you out. They bring you out there before ahead of time or whatever so you can go when they, that's when they get to know you they sit you down for the interviews and you do all your pictures and everything like that so you already get an idea of what to expect whenever you go back out there so if i had to ask you to describe yourself in a sentence or two sentences max how would you describe yourself i'm an alpha <laughs> I'm an alpha male man uh, highly intelligent highly observative chill Cool, calm, and collect. I mean, a lot of ways I can describe myself. I mean, not really the way I can just put it into a sentence. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that make make up me. Like, where do you see yourself 10 years from now? For me, my purpose in life is to be the best father that I can be, provide for my kids uh, the best life that they can possibly have, and set a, set a foundation that'll last for my family for generations. And so 10 years from now, let's say you're going to be like 38, right? Where do you see yourself at that age? 38. And I'm alive and healthy. All my people are alive and healthy. My people taking care of, looking after. That's where I want to be at. Um, For me, MMA, like, I love the sport. I fell in in love with this. This is what what I like to do. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm very happy doing it. It's also, like, it can't be done forever. You know, and there's other avenues in life. But I want to pursue a lot of other passions i wanted to ask you this question too so we didn't really get into who your role models are in martial arts or anything like that but i want you to give me who your role model is and then also is that same person that person that you would choose to have like a dream fight with or would that be somebody else I mean, yeah, I mean, that's how, I mean, that's kind of how I started as far as MMA goes. Like, you know, when I saw Anderson Silva, and I saw Anderson Silva fight, it was like, I was so like, oh, shit. Like, I want to be able to do what this dude does, but not just like that. Like, you know what I mean? I'm a competitor. I've always been one. I've been competing my entire life. So, you know, my competitor in me was like, yeah, I want to be that good, but shit, I want to be better. I want to whoop his ass. You know what I'm saying? That's just, that's just, that was just like, for me, Anderson Silva was, was something to chase was a, was an object. It was like he was the title. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I didn't. Before I really started thinking about belts and shit, it was just chasing that, chasing that type, that level of greatness. And so, stylistically wise, when you're in the gym, and do you kind of just try to find your own self, or do you try to mimic any other fighters mm-hmm. and take pieces of their game? I mean, every, that's all. Every fighter takes pieces from another fighter's game because you got to think you were taught to fight. You didn't grow up. You, you didn't wake up. You just walk on and just, oh, I'm a, I'm a martial artist by birth. You know what I'm saying? You had to be taught. So obviously, you know, you're taking stuff from other people's game. And yeah, no, I just try to do my own thing and be the best version of myself. What's comfortable for me, what works for me. You know what I'm 
know, the way I break down my game and I approach my game, my skill set and my growth and everything like that, and my code with my coaches, I think in itself is just unique and it's and it, and it creates for me to be able to just constantly, constantly grow, constantly, constantly get better and like faster. Like the like the sweet dreams that fought that fought Darko Stosic is not on the level of where I am now because I just go just but some fact of going through that experience put me on another level. And so, what would you say your strongest attributes are in the game right now? My mind, that ability I just described, the ability to, to, to constantly learn and constantly evolve and constantly get better. And just from the little things, I learn from the little things. You know, I don't have to be nothing too, too drastic, just something small to make something click for me and it evolves me on another level. Growing up, I mean, I'm assuming that you didn't grow up in the best kind of area, you know? Based off of already some things that you've told me, what is like the biggest adversity you'd say you've faced in your life so far? If there's anything I mean, pivotal. I mean, poverty. I mean, it's the same, like the same, like thing that came well, a lot of fighters, a lot of people in my position, a lot of people coming and trying to do adore what I'm doing. You know, just poverty, not having access to certain things, certain knowledge about certain, you know what I mean, of, of things and I mean, like equipment, you know, diet. You know, um, just teachings, you know, like a lot of people, a lot of people have like coaches, wrestling coaches and all that from time growing up. Like, honestly, like right now, my kids already have advantages that I didn't have. So I could put my kids in jiu-jitsu right now. You know, my daughter's like, oh, I want to do jiu-jitsu. I can bring her to the gym. She has coaches that'll, that'll work with her, you know what I mean, from now, like, and get her on track. I didn't have that, you know what I'm saying? Like, my dad, like, my dad was there, but my dad wasn't, wasn't, always there you know he taught he taught us he taught us lessons and things when he could but you know um nobody's perfect nobody's life is perfect you know my mom my mom raising five kids alone you know that's that's tough you know she had a lot to do she had a lot on her plate and stuff like that so you know and kind of in that way whenever there's so many kids you know you kind of in a way sometimes you kind of get caught uh, teaching yourself, learning lessons for yourself you know and that was another thing I like I like about my mom my mom gave us the, gave me the freedom to make mistakes and be myself and learn and find my own way and learn how to be myself, learn how to be me. That's why everybody's like, oh, I like how you so, like, I just, I only know how to be myself. That's all I was ever, you know what I mean, bred to be. And so you have a close relationship with your parents still? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I video chat. I don't like, I don't, my mom, my mom can't just call me. She don't call me. She's got to video chat me. She's <laughs> got to see me. She's got to, you know. Uh-huh. I love that. You know, besides your whole life revolving around MMA, let's say you have a day off, right? What's that what's that day off like for you? What are your other hobbies? I'm right there with I like, you. I like to chill. I like to chill and relax, you know what I mean? Like when I'm when I'm training on my weekly schedule is always just go, 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 go. So whenever I get a chance to chill, I do. You know, but I also I go play basketball, you know, I'll go, I'll go and with some of my boys, you know, and I go and I hoop. You know, that's what bred the athlete in me. I used to, I used to play basketball every single day, all day. You played football too, right? I played some like pro football. What made you want to fight then? You know, you're doing basketball, you're doing football. What made you want to just start punching people? Because 
I made more money in one fight off of one fight than I've made in my entire life of playing basketball or football. <laughs> 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 Is that the man like, you know, it was just I played I played basketball and football my entire life. You know, I come to town. I play, I started playing I played football my first football season was when I was five years old. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was five. I was five the first time. I remember my first football season. I played on the same football team with my older brother. It was a five- and six-year-old team. We, um, we went undefeated that year, too. We won every game, went undefeated. I remember all that. But down there, man, they treated the – they ran they ran those programs like it was like a it was like a real deal league. It was like the NBA. Like, like you could be traded. Like, you could be traded to different teams. I remember after we, – we just won the undefeated season. I'm picturing it. You just want an undefeated season. You're coming off the field, you're you like, and like this dude with your coach, and then there's other two dudes walk up to you, and they're like, hey, my name is such and such. You're going to be playing for me next year. That shit legitimately happened. <laughs> That's so At that age, too. Yeah, like wow. the local businesses invested, in, like all the all the teams were ran by local businesses. Like, like I played for, what was it, uh, Damn, I forget what the name of the truck. It was a tow truck company. The first team we won the field for was a tow. It was, I know, it was a tow truck company. Then the team I got traded to, I got traded to. It was the funeral home company. Like the name of the fucking <laughs> football team was Ben Nader's funeral home. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and that's the crazy shit. It's like a fucking Hershey shit on our on our on our jerseys and shit on the front of our jerseys and shit, like. Fuck, it was a Maytag team. Maytag always had a good team. I think it might have even been a Target team. Shit, I don't know. Oh, my God, dude. But I'm trying to tell you, the name of our team, our teams were just the name of business. That's so incredible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. This was all in Michigan? Did you grow up there? No, this wasn't in Michigan. This was down in Southern Illinois. I, I grew I'm, I, um, I was born in Chicago. Then I moved down to Southern Illinois when I was, I was like, Three, two or three. We moved down there. We moved out to Chicago, and I, uh, I grew up down there. So I was about like twelve. Right after I like, I feel like a few weeks after I turned twelve, we moved to Michigan. You most of your life, then you would say you've been in Michigan. Yeah, I've been in Grand Rapids for most of my life. Like I became the man, the man I am. I became the fighter I am. Sweet dream, all that. That can't. That's Michigan. And who gave you that nickname, by the way? I was meaning to ask you. Uh, one of I forget one of my teammates said it's like uh, before my first amateur fight we were sitting there we were like oh nicknames I'm just saying, like I ain't got no fucking nickname like I don't know I think maybe that uh, maybe the song Sweet Dreams that uh, Sweet Dreams came over uh, came on on the over the on the radio and the intercom the building where we were at or something and one of my teammates said it or whatever and I put it down and I went in and got a knockout in like forty something seconds hell yeah kind of stuck <laughs> so like stuck after that. <laughs> I love it. That's an intimidating nickname. You know, it's not aggressive, but it's intimidating. Yeah. Like when I'm someone's man, manager man. calls him up and says, "Hey, you're gonna fight Jamal Hill next." Uh, by the way, his nickname is Sweet Dreams. Then they kind of already know your style. They know right. what they're getting themselves involved in right there. I like oh, you it. gotta know you don't get touched. Up. If you come into a fight thinking oh, I'm gonna have a clean performance, or you think you're not gonna get touched, you man. I hope you have that kind of confidence. <laughs> <laughs> I hope anybody fighting me has that kind of, has that kind of confidence. When I snatch that confidence away, then you really gonna feel it. And so, do you ever get like performance anxiety? Like when you're walking out to the ring, you're thinking, 
you might underestimate yourself or overestimate the other guy. Nah, cause man, cause I'm just being myself. You know what I'm saying? It's not cause I don't care. I don't care what he, who he is or what he does. As long as I'm me and I perform at the best of my abilities, that's what I'm focused on. To being the best version of myself. I don't, I don't worry about what they can do, how good they are. Be the best version of myself. And I think the best version of me is better than anybody in the world. And do you ever watch tape on your opponents? Yeah. So yeah. you'll like you'll sit there yourself and watch it, or do you just kind of leave, leave it up to your team? No, I study games. We, we all study it. We all watch it individually, right? Put our own thoughts down, hmm. and then we'll come together collectively. All right, what do we see? What do we need to be working on? Like, we don't spend. Don't don't wrong. It's not like oh, we're fighting this person, this person. We're gonna fight this way. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. No, that's not what we do. We we work on me just evolving, just evolving my skills. Period. We work on me evolving. Period. You know, and then we'll we'll, we'll watch games, we'll look at tendencies, all right, certain things that we need to be mindful of. You know, just for certain like tells in the fight, maybe they maybe they, you know what I mean. But other than that, like if you're going if you're going into a fight and you're changing up how you're fighting every single time, like every single game, right? Your game plan switches every single time. You know what I'm saying? Which obviously it does. You gotta adjust to, to different fighters. But for but for for most part you have to have your game that you have to assert. You know what I'm saying? Right, then that that way you're not just responding the entire time. You're making them respond exactly. to you. Exactly. Like Khabib, like I like Khabib, perfect example. Like you think Khabib's not ready for somebody who has hands. You know what I'm saying? Of course he's ready for somebody that has hands, but he's not gonna sit back and wait and just keep neutralizing the hands, neutralizing the hands to show you that you can He's going to implement his game. Implementation of his game is is control. He wants to control you. He wants to get you down. He wants to control you. He wants to beat you up. I mean, he wants to wear you out. What do you weigh right now? What are you walking around at? Look, man. All right. Look. All right. I don't. We came in. We come. I come on here to talk to you, and you get all get off into all this personal stuff. All right. <laughs> I'm just trying to see if you're ever going to make that move down to middleweight, bro. I know you. I know you have interest at middleweight. Not really, bro. I mean, like, there's some great, there's some great fights at middleweight that I would like. I mean, obviously, you know, um, but it's just like, man, that's, that's a big cut. So you're so you're chilling at light heavyweight right now. Yeah, I'm good at light heavyweight. Shit, honestly, you know, what I mean, it was almost I almost fought a heavyweight. Oh shit. <laughs> Yeah, I almost fought a heavyweight. I fought I fought a heavyweight before, but I fought a heavyweight as a pro. Some of my wins, some of those wins as pros were heavyweight fight. I I wouldn't say anyone that you want to call out right now, but do you have any guys in the light heavyweight division or even the heavyweight division that you have interest in fighting right now? You know, I want to fight everybody. I want to fight anybody. <laughs> whoever want whoever wants these problems, they can come get them. It's well, really it's really a, it's really a any man's game this way. Is there anyone that impresses like, not, you right now that stands out? Like, what do you mean? Like, like they impress like, oh, I think that'd be a good matchup. I'd like to test myself against that person. Yeah. John Jones. There you go. <laughs> speaking of, <laughs> speaking of, I'm sure you heard the news as of yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah I just, I just actually just seen the article like earlier today. What's your, what's your opinion? Man, I mean, shit, shit happens. <laughs> Shit happens it's just with him. Shit happens a lot. <laughs> yeah, it does. Like, I don't know, man. Like, you got to get out of your own way. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just hoping, honestly, for me, I just honestly think to my own selfish self because I don't want him to lose. 
You know what I mean? I want him to stay intact. I want him to stay where he is because I'm coming. You know what I'm saying? I don't want anybody to beat John. I want I want John to stay undefeated until I get until I get to that. You know what I mean? Until I get to that to that matchup comes because I oh man I didn't dreamed it a million times. I don't feel that I've been in that moment so many times. You know I I don't want nothing to take away. I want that moment. I want I want that moment to be a reality. So I think that's where it all comes to an end for him. And how do you see yourself beating him? Dominantly. Same way I beat everybody. Dominantly. Do you see the knockout? Fucking knockout, yeah. It all depends, man. It all depends on how he fights. I can beat Jones. That's the thing. I don't have to. I don't have to beat just one way. Oh, if you are, I think I can win knock. I can beat him a lot of different ways. I can beat anybody a bunch of different ways. I love it. That may honestly have the biggest smile on my face right now because... <clears throat> you could have easily just been like, oh, I like uh, Vulcan Ozdemir and those guys, but you, you went straight for the undefeated, never really been phased title holder in your division. I love it. Man, because it's, bro, that's, like, if people, like, you, you got to understand my mindset when I say this. Like, like, I mean, like, I'm not just being like, oh, I'm just trying to call. I got a mindset. I got a mindset about this. I've been training. Like, you heard me on the contingency. Like, I've been training for John Jones. That ain't no joke. <laughs> that is not no joke. That's true to his very nature and very core. But it's like, whenever, like I told you, whenever I first started, I seen, I seen Anderson Silva, and it was chasing Anderson. I, everything I did, everything I did was measured up to Anderson. All right, when am I going to be ready to fight him? I met Rich Franklin once, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever I was probably like 18, 19, I met Rich Franklin. Our whole conversation consisted when he fought Anderson Silva. You know what I mean? What was it? What was it about it? I mean, he's, he's, he said he wasn't as fast or strong as his timing. All right, so I need to work on my time and understand what I'm seeing. Like, man, I'm going to put myself through so many things over the years, just working on getting better and being better. And now I'm starting to understand, like, like that it's all, it all, it all come together. It's all paying off. You know? Right. And so... so but yeah, John Jones. But as far as John Jones goes, whatever, Anderson Silva lost, it was John Jones. All right, so who, who so who, like, I really, like, I really, when he lost, I didn't feel like fighting no more. Honestly, I feel like Wyman didn't beat him. Wyman beat him because he was bullshitting the first time. And then the second time, that was just some food crazy injury shit. Yeah, man. You know, uh, so I, who wasn't, I wasn't going to chase Chris Wyman. I knew Chris Wyman wasn't going to last a champion for long. I mean, nothing against him, you know what I'm saying? But just based off my IQ and my, my fights, really based off what I understood about, you know what I mean, what was happening, that's just that's just how I felt. It was like, all right, what do, what do I do now? Like, how is it really? And then look at the financial aspect. Unless you really fighting somebody, you know what I mean? And unless you really started, like, to have that fight, that, you have to have that career-making fight, you know what I mean, that huge fight, you know what I mean? And even really get established in this game. So I'm thinking, like, all right, at the end, so who's the cherry on the top there? Well, nobody was big enough for me at that time. And then John Jones came on the scene. John Jones started doing this thing. And, you know what I mean, became, all right, he became that cherry. Yeah, he was a fight that had to happen for me. For me, anything I've done that for like for me for me walking down this path to be even worth it, that fight has to happen. It has to happen with him perfectly intact, undefeated, unblemished, still on top of the world, riding high. Everybody, oh, he's the greatest ever. It has to happen at that at that level and at that. I have to beat him at that. So you want to completely steal his legacy? You want to just jack that and demolish everything that he's worked for? I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the name, that's the nature of the piece of this, of this business, you know what I'm saying? Because honestly, part of me feels like, feels like if I had been able to 
if if I had been in a better situ situation, like I told you, like things I was saying, like poverty and things like that, if I wasn't strict about things like that, I would have already been here. You know what I'm saying? Would he still have that legacy? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's how I feel. That's how I feel in my mind. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that like I don't want people to think like, oh, he's just a big head. So that's really how I feel. You know what I mean? I can't help it. It's just how I feel. Would he still have that if I had to have my eyes, had my eyes in gear and been doing? You know what I mean? Doing what I know I could have been doing because nothing I've done up to this point has surprised me because I've already known that I could do this or should have already done it. So in a way, mentally, you're almost playing catch up. Basically, yo. That's huge. And don't get me wrong, but I'm playing catch up. But at the same time, no, I'm enjoying the process. You know what I'm saying? Because the fact of me not being, you see, you see, you see, you know, like, like you seen how excited I was to be there. And I, wow, they're like, oh, the excitement. Get. The excitement for me was something different. It's like, I'm here. Enjoy it. Try to remember it. Live in this moment. You waited so long. You dreamed. Like, I've literally woken up, like, you know I mean, just in the middle of the night. You know what I mean? Like, just like, like, like literally tears. Like, tears falling down my face just from the passion. My heart beating. You know what I mean? Just, you know what I mean? I'm in this moment. People just around me. Thousands. Everything I've worked for is paying up. You know what I mean? And then the final in that moment, enjoy it. You want to remember this, remember those feelings, remember all of that forever. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. And I mean, it must be super frustrating for you right now because everyone is kind of at a standstill because of the whole mm -hmm. coronavirus. Like, you don't really know what's next, huh? It is. It is. I'm just, I'm expecting, the only thing I have is what I'm expecting. I'm expecting as soon as, as soon as we get the okay, we clear up, they're going to want to start booking fights. And I'm expecting the fact that that they probably won't open up international travel before we're able to be up and running and throwing shows. So, so probably going to be a lot of American fighters or, people, or fighters that's on American soil already. We're going to get calls. Right, right. You know what I mean? To, to throw some cards together. And I, let's get it. How much time do you think you need to prepare for a fight if they were to give you a call right now? Yeah, I was about to fight in heavyweight on six days. <sighs> against who? Who was the fight? Yeah, gonna, I ain't going to say, I ain't going to be saying, I can't be saying too much. I ain't can't be saying too much. Okay, fair. But just, just, you know, just because, you know, just because you never know, it might still happen. There you go. Well, man, that would be crazy. Like, so they're, they're totally cool with you uh, bouncing weight classes right now in the UFC? Say nothing. They didn't say no. They called the officers. I offered. They didn't say no. So I wanted to ask you a question about. I have so the audience that listens to my podcast. I have pretty much all age groups, but there's a lot of young people that listen in. If you have any piece of advice that you would give someone in their like early twenties or late teens, and I already got a young dog that's he just turned twenty. He just turned twenty. Um, got a hell of potential. He could be, he can even be better than me. If we, I mean, if we can get him locked in and get him, get his mind right. Um, he'd definitely be a phenom in the sport. I mean, he'd be good for the sport. Um, same thing. I'd say, I tell him the same thing I tell him. You got to commit. You got to be in the gym every day. Even when you don't want to, that, that, those times when you sit there like, man, whatever, I already put it in this work. And you start, you start making excuses on why not to be in the gym. Those are times you really need to go to the gym. You know what I'm saying? You got it. You got it. You got to be in there. You got to put the work in and you got to grind, you know, and then find people, find people that don't just think they know what they're talking about. Find people that actually know what they're talking about. And if they don't know, they'll ask somebody, you know, they'll, they'll find out. That's one thing. Like my coaches, my coaches aren't know-it-alls. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a know-it-all. 
we'll ask the next person next to you. We'll ask, all right, if we ain't going, we don't, and then we find out that we don't know, we're going to figure it out together. You know? So be a, be, be open-minded. Don't don't act like you know everything. You know? Learn, learn even in the little, in the little, in the little moments. You know? Um, just, yeah, I can't say enough. It's a, it's a journey. It's a process. You know, you never stop learning it. I love it, man. Thank you for that. Um, so for anyone that's listening that is also from Michigan, what are some cool things to do out there? Like some good food spots, assuming places start opening back up. (laughs) Right now, the best place to eat is your home. Eat at at your fucking house. (laughs) Nah, I'm in. Uh, oh, of course, uh, you, you like pizza, Palermo pizza, you know, home of the 24-inch dish, uh, dish. Like, you ever had a 24-inch pizza, it is, it is huge. Damn. And it's good. Yeah, it's huge. Big as, big as your stove, you know, perfect for parties. If you're having, like, a little party, a little get-together, maybe you're bringing a dish to pass, you go grab you grab you a 24-inch, get a Palermo's corner on... Uh, Right off the corner at 36 in Clyde Park, Grand Rapids. Damn, my mouth is watering right now. But, man, dog, they got some good pieces. And, uh, they've been around, like, they've been, like, they, I've been eating their pieces since I was in high school. Like, we were. So they're like a hole-in-the-wall place? Nah, they actually have, they actually have a few locations throughout West Michigan. They have a few locations throughout West Michigan, but they're just like, it's a family business, you know, I, um. Uh, I play football. I play football with their with their oldest son. He was on our team. Like well, we had film sessions uh, Saturday morning. Film sessions after um, after our game. They literally would bring like twenty thirty pizzas for us. So we just in the morning, at day after the game, we just eat. That's beautiful. That sounds bomb. Watch. And uh, yeah, so, yeah, I've been I've been linked with them for a while. They're good. They're good. They're good. The good people. What's the name of the place again? Palermo Pizza. Palermo Pizza. Dope. Okay. Um, look, before I let you go, I just want to get your prediction on UFC 249, assuming it does go down. Tony Ferguson versus Khabib. How do you see that fight playing out? Uh, you know, Tony. You know, you can't. You can't. You can't start talking about West Michigan and ask me about a about a West Michigan guy and not expect me to roll with him. You know. Uh, I, I think I think I think if anybody's gonna get the job done against Khabib, it'll be Tony. Um, Tony is a he's a different he's a different fighter. Uh, his skill set is different. The way he uses his skill set is different. It's not just the skill set; it's like how you use it. He has the wrestling. He can he can he can keep the fight standing. Where he don't just he can keep it to make it to where he's not just getting ragdolled. You know what I mean? But. He also has the unorthodox stand up and the crazy stand up to where he can catch Khabib and he can land he can land good on Khabib. That's gonna be that's gonna be that's gonna be the thing. Can 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 Khabib be as dominant a grappler with Tony as he has been with everybody else? If the answer is yes, then we have the answer. If the answer is no, that makes for something interesting. It does. So where can people follow you, man? What's your uh do you want to just kind of like shout out your Twitter, your Instagram, whatever else you got going on on the uh, side you, too? Uh, yeah, you can, uh, you can catch me on Twitter at, uh, at Jamal H. 
that's my uh, that's my official that's my official uh, verified account. And uh, then on Instagram, you can you can check me out on Instagram at Sweet underscore Dreams underscore J Hill. Um, on there, I, I, I pretty much I post on there. I, I like to stay. I like to uh, I like to stay live. And I interact with people on there as well. My Twitter, I'm pretty lively on my Twitter and uh, Facebook. I mostly just use like close people and people that I grew up with. So Twitter and Instagram are the main two right now, yeah? Yeah, those are the main cool. ways for like fans or whatever to get with me and interact with. Dope. Well, man, Jamal, I really appreciate your time, bro. Thank you so much for making time to talk to me. It means the world. And uh, I'm glad that we kind of got this whole side of you that I feel hasn't really come out in other interviews. And I'm excited for people to hear this side of you, man. Ah, bro, no problem. I appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me. It was a good conversation. Feels nice to socialize with the whole quarantine going on. Yeah, it is. This is is the longest conversation I've had with anybody, actually, in like two weeks. (laughs) Oh, man, I've been on conversations now. I'm I'm talking with with, with, uh, with my team, from my my media guys, to uh, to my managers, to my coaches. That's beautiful, man. I'm so happy to hear that. So, yeah, maybe like maybe six to eight weeks from now we can run it back, bro. All right, bro. Just give me, just hit me up. Definitely. We'll keep in touch. Take care of the kids, man. Take care of yourself. Stay safe. All in it. All right, bro. I'll get right, back you to you, too. man. Take care. Right. Well, there you guys have it. Jamal, Sweet Dreams Hill. That was a great conversation for me, man. I needed that. I've just been cooped up in the apartment. Not really getting any mental stimulation. That felt really, really good. Such a powerful prospect coming in. You guys heard he's he's got the eyes on John Jones. So I can't wait to see this guy just start running through the division. He's undefeated. No one's really phased him yet. Um, I'm going to shout out his Twitter and his Instagram. So follow me on Twitter at MMA Gone Wild. Look at my most recent post. I'm going to drop the podcast today. And you'll see his Twitter and his Instagram there. And you'll get a link to listen to the podcast as well. And also just follow me on Twitter if you want to make new friends in the MMA community. Uh, I like to get a lot of conversations going. And people might start talking shit to you. But it's okay. Just kind of like stand up for yourself and voice your opinion. And there's a lot of friendly people there too. Uh, So be optimistic about that. And make sure to check out my website, MMAGoneWild.com. On there, you can find my sponsors, ESPN. You can find links for good deals for a subscription for ESPN+. Um, I got a few betting websites that I work with, MyBookie and FortuneJack. You can find promo codes there. And CBD, can't vouch for it enough. You can find my, uh, my code and my discount code there as well. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. You're listening to MMA Gone Wild with Brent Sahadi. Peace.